T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This time... Wentz backs up, he steps up, he starts to run, he fumbles the football, and let's see, let's see, I think the Eagles are on it, they are! Fumble Carson Wentz, the hit by Brandon Graham. Fumble by Carson Wentz, and it is recovered by the Eagles. Well, Brandon Graham told Carson before the game that this was coming. Can I just tell you guys, that might have been my favorite game of the year. <laughs> you know, Glenn, the joy in Merrill Reese's voice yes. telling everyone that Carson Wentz had fumbled yes. was quite telling. And I quite shared telling. that glee, as did Mike Quick, as did we all. Unless I wish Carson Wentz the best. I, I hope he finds happiness in whatever course of life he wants to take, hunting and going to church in North Dakota or whatever, because... I don't think it's going to be as a top-flight NFL quarterback anytime soon. But, but, I, I asked our producer Kyle Quinn to pull that one up, and Kyle has already done an outstanding job today, and there will be more, <laughs> because the biggest strength, maybe, well, not the biggest strength, because there are others, but the huge strength of the Eagles, and one that radically changed from last year was the strength of the defensive line, which went from 27 sacks, 27 sacks, in the 2021 season to now, where are we at, 79, headed into the Super Bowl? Yes. Uh, yeah. Astounding and incredible. And, you know, there are reasons for that, acquisitions they had, Brandon Graham coming back and so on. Um, who did I go to first last time? I think I went to Mike first. Ray, I'll come to you first. Mm -hmm. When I look at the Super Bowl, the biggest edge I think the Eagles have is their defensive line against the Chiefs' offensive line. That, to me, is where they have the opportunity to win this game as they have all year. Uh, feel free to affirm my brilliance on that. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, the Eagles' defensive line has been has pretty much won, has won the day all throughout the year uh, and 70 sacks during the course of the regular season would certainly attest to that. Um, the, and the Chiefs' offensive line has some what I would consider vulnerability. Uh, we all remember the Super Bowl a couple years ago when they just got hammered by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Patrick Mahomes was every bit the wizard then that he is now, uh, but he couldn't do anything because he didn't have any time to do anything. I mean, his offensive line didn't give him any protection. He spent the whole day running for his life, and, um, and it totally shut him down, held him to nine points. And I think that's you know, that can be done. If if you get that kind of pressure, you can take any quarterback out of the game. And the Buccaneers did that and won a Super Bowl, and I think that's going to be what the Eagles are going to try and do here. I think the 
the Chiefs now have they saw the problem and they and they worked the last couple of years to rebuild the offensive line and it is better now than it was then. Um, the, the the kid center that they drafted from Oklahoma, Creed Humphrey, is very good, really good. Uh, and so there's they're they're more stout in the middle, but I still think they're beatable on the edges, which is where the Eagles are pretty good. Uh, Orlando Brown Jr. is the left tackle, and he's he's going to the Pro Bowl. But I mean, I've seen him get beaten by pretty good pass rushers this year. The real the real matchup that favors the Eagles is on the other side, where you have Hassan Reddick matched up against Andrew Wiley. Um, who is um, the weak link on the on the Chiefs' offensive line? Now I know I know Andy, being the old offensive line coach that he is, has spent the last two weeks just drawing up protections and drawing up protection packages and trying to figure out how am I going to get this pass rush off of off of my quarterback? And so he's probably worked up a whole lot of things in his protection to try and get Wiley help so that he's not one on one with Reddick uh, too often in this game. But if you're just looking at it straight up, if the Eagles go with the five-man front and they create one-on-ones at the line of scrimmage, Reddick versus Wiley is a matchup that the Eagles should win pretty much all day, and every time they do, it's going to be trouble for Patrick Mahomes. Mike Sielski? Yeah, it's, it's a really fascinating question, I think, Glenn, for this reason. The Chiefs only gave up 26 sacks all season. That's mm-hmm. the third fewest in the NFL. And only three teams threw it more often than the Chiefs did. So it's particularly impressive that really Mahomes was sacked only 26 times all year. And, and to follow up kind of on what Ray said, I think that's as much, if not more, a function of Mahomes himself and his ability to get the ball out and avoid pressure and dance away and chuck it underhanded or sidearmed or throw it out of bounds and... You know, he doesn't get as much credit for his smarts and intelligence and savvy as he does for his obvious athleticism. Having said that, he still is on this ankle that we don't quite know. I know. That's such an X factor. mobile he's going to be. Yeah. yeah. And so you could look at it one of two ways, right? To, to double back on what we said earlier in the show, I think, I think you and Ray are 100% right. Like, he, Andy's going to want to get the ball out of Mahomes' hands quickly to try to neutralize the Eagles pass rush. Uh, So if the Eagles can get to him that quickly, can they disrupt that? Can they cover the running backs? Can they cover Travis Kelsey uh, so that he can't get the ball out and he has to stand in there just that extra heartbeat longer so that a guy like Hassan Reddick or Brandon Graham or Josh Sweat can get to him? So for what it's worth, and yes, the Chiefs have given up, uh, I think you said the third fewest sacks in in the league this year. Um, Maybe playing into that, maybe is of the teams that sack quarterbacks, they haven't faced them. Mm-hmm. The, the, they faced two teams that were in the top ten in sack rate. Uh, Seattle, which was seventh in the league. Indy, which was eighth in the league. Again, by the way, that the Chiefs lost. Shocking yeah. loss. Um, so as, as, Ray, I guess as you said, they haven't faced or Mike, one of you, whatever. See, now I'm confusing you guys. Uh, they have not, they have not faced a pass rush like this. No. Uh, by all accounts, the young center is this great talent, and once Jason Kelsey retires, maybe the best center in the league. I and, think he will be. I th- okay. he, he's, he is that good. Okay, and so getting that push up the middle might be tough, but if you can get it around the edge, they're tackles, and you can keep Mahomes from straying outside of that and get to him. To me, that's a huge factor in the game. Yeah, it is, and I think that's what the Eagles' plan is, to try and win on the edges, keep Mahomes in the pocket, 
Don't let him get outside. Don't let him get out there where he can create and go off script because that's when he's at his most dangerous. And that's what the Eagles are going to try and do. And they have the personnel to do it. But one of the things that I think has helped keep that sack total down for them this year is that Andy has largely redesigned this offense with the trading of Tyreek Hill. Um, They're a different kind of offense now. When they had Tyreek Hill, they threw the ball down the field a lot more than they do now, Uh, which resulted, which, you know, if you're you're throwing those deep shots to Hill, you're holding the ball a little bit longer. Now, do you know, I thought one of the most interesting stats looking back on Mahomes this year, you know how many touchdown passes he had longer than 30 yards this year? You think Patrick Mahomes, you think, it, you think it's bombs away, right? Yeah, well, sure. He had one. Longer one? Than, w- longer than 30 wow. yards. One. So, I mean, a lot of, I mean, I don't want to say he's a dink and dunker, but they're doing it more than they used to. Yeah. And he had 11 guys yeah. on this team caught touchdown passes. So they spread the ball around now. And it's a lot more get it out of his hand quick kind of thing, which I'm not going to say is going to neutralize the Eagles pass rush because it is that good. But it is going to be a challenge just getting to them because that's that's the way they're built now. Get it out quick and let guys get yards after the catch. Right. Well, that's really that's really interesting, Ray, because we know that Jonathan Gannon's defense is predicated on don't give up the big play. And if the Chiefs are a little more reluctant to take a shot down the field, you know, do the Chiefs adjust? Does Gannon change his defense at all to try to take away the short game? I mean, that's that's the chess match here, right? Yeah, it is. And the one thing I'm sure that Gannon has been stressing with his guys, and this is of the utmost importance, is guys, you got to tackle. you got to tackle. You can't if, – if, if it's a five-yard pass, it's a five-yard gain. We can't let McKinnon, we can't let Pacheco, we can't let these guys take five-yard passes and turn them into 25-yard gains. We have to tackle. We have to, you know, we have to keep the yards after the catch down because the Chiefs, this year, a lot of their success was based on yards after the catch because they got a bunch of guys that are really good at that. If this, if it happens, that as you guys say, you know, Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon, excuse me, Jonathan Gannon has, you know, playing deep, let him pass it underneath, right? 13 mm-hmm. for 13 in the first half. Every Eagle fan watching the game, their head's going to explode. <laughs> We're, our Eagle fans are not going to be able to handle that. Yeah, no. And the Eagles could no. win the game, but they'll just go crazy watching it. By the way, Hassan Reddick is my dark horse pick for Super Bowl MVP. Uh, defensive players have won it, I don't know, six times, I think, in the history of the game. Right. Last def- last pass rusher. Vaughn Miller? There you go. Yeah. Nice work. There you go. Good pull, yeah. Ray. That well, was when you, when you think 50. Of, yeah. Well, when you think about it, Von Miller is Hassan Reddick. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of player yeah. you're talking about, and that's he's going to be playing that kind of role. So there you it, go. It's not out of the question. Actually, I saw a handicapping thing the other day of MVP likelihood, and, of course, you start with the two quarterbacks, but the number three is Hassan Reddick. Number three? Number three. Uh, I guess that bet's not good. Ray, you got to you stay away from the betting, Ray. I, I know since you've retired, it's taken over your life. Yeah, oh, the degenerate gambler, That's Ray right. Dinger. There you go. Let's get John from Maniac with us. Hello, John. Hey, guys. Ray, it's good to hear you on the air again here. Good to be back, John. Thank you. Yeah, I miss your voice. But uh, before I get I, – I, I got a quick X and O's question for you. But you are talking about how things can tighten up for quarterbacks before a game. I remember seeing the National Anthem when Jared Goff was a uh, – Coach of the Rams. He oh, looked yeah. like he was about that, to go that, in for a that's, room that's now. That's a real good one. Yeah. That is yeah. a real yeah. good yep. one. 
Yep. He looked like he was uh, – you know, I, I knew the game was over right then. It's so, it's so <laughs> funny. I, that, I remember that one so well because when they got the close-up of him during the anthem, my wife was sitting next to me on the couch, and they got the close-up of Goff's face, and I said, uh-oh. And that's exactly what I said. I <laughs> mm-hmm. said, uh-oh. I said, I have seen that look before. And sure enough, he <laughs> played scared the whole game. Yep. Yep. Yes, yeah, did. Yes. But I want to hear, Ray, one last time your analysis on um, – been hearing all week one of our fears is Kelsey. How do you think are they going to bracket him? Can Avanti Maddox shadow him? How do you think they're going to do that? Uh, I think the one I think what you have to do with Kelsey is you can't do any one thing. You have to do a lot of different things. You have to make it a challenge for both him and Mahomes to understand exactly what coverage he's facing. I think they'll bracket him a lot, uh, but I think you're going to have different guys covering him. I think it wouldn't surprise me, and I've seen a couple guys reference this. I think they might be right. You put Bradbury on him. Uh, I think you'll see uh, you'll see Gardner Johnson on him some, uh, I, and you'll have a linebacker underneath, and you'll have a safety over the top some. I think the thing you have to do is don't give him the same look two, three, four times in a row, because once Mahomes and and Kelsey know, once they get up to the line of scrimmage and they know what you're playing then they're going to beat you. You have to make them think. You have to make them react. You have to make them uncertain. And that's hard to do, but you can't just sit in one coverage and count on winning that battle all day. You have to keep changing things up and make them think and react. Hey, I want to take a minute here. Uh, Mike wrote a column about it. Mike, has the the Eagles to Arizona column, I know it's posted. Has it been in the paper yet? When's that running? Uh uh, it's in the Bulldog, uh, but it will be in the Sunday paper. Sweet. And I read it online today. Uh, and you really did a terrific column. Looking back at the circumstances in 1985 when, amazingly, Eagle fans woke up to look at their Philadelphia Inquirer, and I guess they're really news to right? Yeah. And, and see that all of a sudden was possible. Lay it out, and then I'll get Ray involved because I know he was involved in the coverage. People who – so that's – we're now going back, as I said, 38 years. So a lot of our listeners probably have no inkling that this ever even happened. Yeah, well, I mentioned, uh, kiddingly, of course, the degenerate gambling in reference to Ray, but <laughs> it was a it was a real thing with Leonard Toes, yeah. as everybody who's familiar with that era of Eagles football knows. And he was $40 million in debt, and he was looking to sell the team. And one day in the Arizona Republic, Tuesday, December 11th, 1984, a columnist named Bob Hurt broke the news that the that Toes was looking to sell the team to an Arizona-based real estate magnate named James Monahan. And this hit Philadelphia like a thunderbolt. And, you know, fortunately for Eagles fans, within four or five days, uh, Wilson Good, the mayor at the time, and Toes were able to kind of hammer out uh, a settlement that allowed the Eagles to stay. There were, you know, NFL owners were going to help Toes out financially, and they changed the lease at the vet and all of these things. But to me, the interesting part of the story was was kind of tracing the deep throat, so to speak, of it. Like, how did Bob Hurt find this out? How did he confirm it? Because as Ray can tell you, Glenn, this was a rumor on the wind for a while, and nobody could nail it down. And then finally, Bob Hurt did. So the column was kind of about that, about how he confirmed that this was happening and kind of solving that mystery. And then the other aspect of it, too, was I spoke to Leonard Toza's granddaughter just to give a, a slightly different perspective on that time, because Toes justifiably 
took a ton of criticism from fans and the media. Oh, and- man, I remember the Ray Dinger column. I believe Ray wrote something along the lines of, it's the rich man in the limo who rolls down his window just to spit on you. Spit in your face. There you go. Yeah. Was, uh, um, I got you. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was an interesting uh, step back in a time. And, so who was uh, the deep said, throat? So it was actually Leonard Toes's daughter, uh, her name was Susan Fletcher at the time. Now she's Susan Spencer. Uh, and Bob Hurt, who knew everybody affiliated with Arizona, had been kind of sniffing around on the story, ran into Susan at a grocery store and asked her, what are you doing here? And she said, oh, we're moving out here and we're bringing the team with us. <laughs> and the interesting so part about it. quiet all that time and she just blabs yeah, it. Yeah. And the interesting part about it, guys, and again, I get into this in the, into the column, was that the publisher of the Arizona Republic and his right-hand man, the, the community liaison, were both big boosters of trying to get an NFL team to Phoenix. And they had been working with Toes. So Hurt comes to them with this story and says, I've, I've scooped you guys. I know what you guys are involved with. And the publisher and the liaison say, okay, we got to go with it because we're a newspaper. And even though this may screw up our deal and we may not get the Eagles out here, we have an obligation to run the story. I give them credit for that. They could have killed the yeah. story and they didn't. Ray, tell one more time, Ray Dinger blissfully sleeping at home on a December night, uh, having the sleeping suit on. I picture you with like the sleeping cap and everything, mm-hmm. snug under the blankets, mm-hmm. what, a week before Christmas. Yeah. And then what? Uh, and the phone rings. It's like one thirty in the morning. The phone rings and wakes me out of a sound sleep and I fumble, I fumble around to grab the phone and and it's the night city, the night sports editor, uh, Caesar Alsop, and he says, uh, "Had you heard anything about the Eagles, <laughs> Ray? Have you heard anything about the Eagles moving to Arizona?" <laughs> uh, and I said, uh, "No." Uh, and he said, "Well, there's the story that uh, it's running in the Arizona Republic today that says the deal is basically done, and the Eagles are at the end of this season are going to be moving to Arizona." And I said, "Well, I." He starts reading. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who wrote the story? Uh, and he said, a guy named Bob Hurt. And I said, okay, it's, it's for real. Uh, because I knew Bob Hurt well, uh, and I knew that Bob Hurt knew everybody, everybody in Arizona, and he talked to them, and they talked to him. Uh, and not just sports people, but politicians and everything. I mean, he was a guy with a lot of influence and had a lot of sources. So when Bob Hurt wrote the story, as matter of fact as he did, that this is happening, I told the I told the sports editor, yeah, that's for real. It's happening, and then we and then we just started scrambling at, at that hour of the morning, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, calling people up, just try, you know, waking people up and asking them to confirm. And I remember calling a guy named Dennis Kucinich, who was the uh, a, a, a <laughs> senator from Arizona, uh, and uh, and he said, oh yeah, he said it's happening, um, and basically said it's yeah, the deal's pretty much done. And so, yeah, we, you know, we were in a, we were an afternoon paper at that time, so we had later deadlines. So we got it out, and we led the paper with it the next day. The yeah. Eagles, the Eagles are moving to Arizona, and that was all anybody could talk about for the next couple of weeks. I will tell you that indirectly, all of that led to me getting hired here, because the Inquirer decided, like right after that, you know what, we should have somebody who covers sports business. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a guy at the paper named Craig Stock. You remember Craig? Nice sure. guy. Yeah, financial guy. Yeah, they gave the job to him. 
And he did it for whatever, nine months a year and decided like, eh, it wasn't really what he wanted to do. I think they were going to make him the business editor. And so they decided, you know what, let's hire another guy to cover sports business. I was in Detroit. They reached out to me. Here we are. Mm-hmm. So Leonard Toes. What have you inflicted you. on us, Leonard Toes? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I appreciate that happening. 215-592-9494. Come out. We're going to check in with the newest member of the NFL, of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Joe Klecko. And we're going to keep doing these matchups and taking your calls along with Mike Sealski in Arizona. Ray Dinger here. I'm Glenn Mack. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right. Well, what we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Take advantage of Guided Door and Window's big winter sale through February. Receive 40% off all windows and doors. Call 1-877-GO-GUIDA or visit goguida.com. All right. I'm, I'm going to get this out of the way. Of course, what we're watching is the Super Bowl play-by-play tomorrow. Kevin Burkhardt, uh, Greg Olson will be calling his first Super Bowl. Looking forward to that. Uh, I, I'm, I want to tell you and Mike particularly, I started watching The Last of Us. Uh, which I, I so far is great, but I'll talk about that next week because we have a special guest now, and I am delighted to invite to invite to bring on uh, the one of the newest class in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, local guy, the pride of Temple University, St. James High School, Joe Klecko. Joe, it's been a long time coming for you. First of all, congratulations. Uh, as Tom Petty once said, the waiting is the hardest part. How did it feel when you learned? Oh, it was exhilarating to say the least. It was great. Uh, you know, like I say, you wait a long time. And, you know, I've always come up with that year after year. You know, I'd have a voter in the room and they'd come up with, oh, Joe, it, it was close. And uh, when it finally happened, it was really cool. Really cool. Joe, could you t- t- tell us how you found out? Because I think that that's a pretty cool story in itself. Well, basically, you know, uh, the Hall of Fame called me and said, listen, if you're successful, you know, he said, and they started taking everything down. But then when Joe Namath came to my door and knocked on the door and uh, 
you know, they had a film crew there with them. And that's how we really found out. And uh, I said, wow, this is just the greatest because, you know, Joe's an icon in the NFL. He really is. Uh, he, he, he's, you know, he's probably the most famous of the early decades of the, uh, of the league. And when he, a guy like him shows up, you know, I'm good friends with Joe and all. It was really, really touching. It was good. I think that's, I think that's just great. Well, Joe, you, you knew that your name was being bandied about, uh, among the hall of fame guys for a couple of years. Uh, I, I was very confident that it was going to happen. I just didn't know when. Uh, but when you got on the ballot this year as the senior, I, I just felt that this was your year. I just felt really good about it. And, um, you know, for all the people from Delaware County, from all the, all the St. James people that know your background and your story about playing for the Aston Knights and all of that stuff, uh, to know that you've actually climbed to the heights of this sport uh, and you're going to be going into Canton this summer is, uh, is just tremendous. And I can only imagine how exciting it is for you and Debbie and the kids. It must be just, oh, and the I, grandkids at I, this I point. I can tell you that I, when I spoke to, I, t- I texted with your son Danny yesterday and he was, uh, he's over the moon. Yeah, uh, for uh, most of the, you know, time going into this whole thing, it, it was been, you know, on pins and needles a little bit, you know, especially when the uh, when I was nominated. And, you know, everybody kept saying that, you know, oh, don't worry, that's it, Joe. You're, I didn't give that one hoot because reason being is, you know, I've heard a lot of that before and nothing ever turned out. But then when it turned out, it, it really was. It was it was fantastic. And, and like you say, Ray, it's, you know, a lot of the Delica- Delaware County people that I've known all my life, I, you know, I didn't realize. I woke up this morning and there was a hundred texts on my phone last <laughs> night. I didn't know a phone could actually catch fire. It was unbelievable. It really was. Hey, Joe, this is Mike Sealski. I'm curious why you think it took this long. I mean, my feeling is that in a weird way, even though you played in a big market in New York, you kind of had some bad timing in that your your the peak of your career was the early 1980s, and when people think back to that time in the NFL, they often think of Joe Montana making his rise, and they think of the quarterbacks who were coming along at that time, the Marinos and, and even the Elways. Why do you think it took you so long? Well, there, I, you know, I don't know that, of course. I've heard many different stories and. Uh, but Joe, Joe DeLamanor and I were talking to the guard from Buffalo who's in the Hall of Fame. And uh, Joe, when he got in, uh, they were bouncing questions off of him about, you know, everybody. And he said, me, and a reporter asked him, he said, yeah, but what position did he play, you know? And uh, uh, yeah. Joe said, what does it really matter? He dominated everyone he played, you know? And it was kind of like a realization. And, and actually, uh, Joe Horrigan out at the Hall of Fame told me that I almost got in on Joe's, you know, a recommendation of that. But then he slid back and kept going on and on. And I just think there was a lot of things. Uh, I don't know if there's a New York bias. I, I couldn't say that, you know. But that was one of the reasons that it was brought up to me. But, you know, it's, it's, it's still a mystery. Because when Gary uh, Myers, who, uh, you know, was my advocate in the room, basically. He did a great job. Uh, you know, he said to me, he goes, Joe, he goes, everybody I talked to on a Zoom call when they took the final vote said to me, he goes, why isn't he in? Why isn't he in? You know, and I'm like, he said, it was like everybody was surprised about it. So, and he felt that, you know, 
if it wasn't a unanimous vote for me here, it was close to it. So that was pretty good. It was oh, that's en- great. Enjoyable to know that. It's got to yeah. be great. So, Joe, the uh, you were a member of the the New York SAC Exchange. It was you, Marty Lyons, Gastineau, Abdul Salam, and you guys in 1981 had 66 sacks. Pretty damned impressive. This team, this Eagles team, going to the Super Bowl tomorrow, uh, was in the 70s. Your thoughts on this team in particular, it's pass rush. Well, what's to be said? There's a there's a great you know uh, a, a great mark right there. I mean, I guess I don't know if they have it. Is the mark for you know the record? But uh, you know this the Eagles defense they have eight guys. How many teams have eight guys that can really get after it and and you know stop the run and do everything? They're a, they're really a force to be reckoned with. And you know if if they get ahead in the football game. I mean, Kansas City's going to throw the ball out anyway because, you know, Andy, Andy likes to do that with Mahomes. But if they get ahead in the ball game, the Eagles, and have a substantial lead, let's say, maybe a touchdown or better, I said, what, there's a, there's a tough – that's a tough job for the Kansas City offensive line. <laughs> well, Joe, you know, speaking for all the St. James guys and all the people in Delaware County and all the people that have known you all this time, um, I think I speak for everybody when I say that – Everybody feels great for you. We've been waiting for this day. Um, long overdue, but it's finally here. Uh, and uh, I expect you, you're going to watch, you're going to celebrate with the family now. You're going to watch the game tomorrow. But on Monday, you're going to settle down and start writing that speech, right? Yeah. I got, everybody tells me, got to get started, Joe. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, congrats and a pleasure to talk to you, man. Enjoy. Thanks, guys. Well-deserved. Thank you, Joe. Good for him. So nice Thanks, to see. Joe. By the way, other members of the uh, new class of Hall of Fames, Joe Thomas, first year uh, as an offensive lineman. Yeah, that was that was pretty that was pretty obvious. Yeah, Daryl Revis, yeah. Demarcus Ware, Ken Riley, Chuck Chuck Howley, another old timer, Rondé Barber, uh, Don Coriel, <laughs> and Zach Thomas. So, what well, one point about the Rondé Barber thing, Glenn? Uh, Ruben Frank has a terrific. Uh, piece up on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com uh, arguing that Eric Allen, who we all know well and know, whose career we know well, should have been inducted and voted uh, in before. No Ron doubt. Day. No doubt. And hopefully the Hall finds him as it found Joe Klecko. All right, before we hit the break, I do have one more cut we got to play. Scott looks up and he takes it at the goal line. Out to the 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. 45, midfield, 45, and down to the 42-yard line goes Boston Scott. What a great return. God, I love Marilyn Mike so much. I definitely am going <laughs> to tune up my TV to it. So we don't have a lot of time to talk about special teams, but I just did want to throw it in for one minute. Um, kickers and special teams, the Chiefs are among the worst in the league at that, Mike, on most of those counts. Butker, who's been a good kicker, has been injured this year. Mm-hmm. I think the Eagles have the we rarely say this. Eagles have the advantage of special teams. Yeah, it's funny though, Glenn. Officially, based on the injury reports, the only person in this game who is at less than a hundred percent, and we know that's baloney, but still, is Britton Covey with a who was questionable Friday with a hamstring. I'm okay. So well, I, I, I don't want to speak against Britton Covey. I'm not I, when I say I'm okay with that. I I wish him the best. No, I know. Uh, if I got Devontae just... Smith returning punts for one game tomorrow? I uh, Maybe, maybe. I, I, and this, of course, affects the stupid football bet. That's what I was going to say. If, if, he can't, if he can't go, if he really has a hamstring, 
who's who's your punt returner? Devontae I think it's got to be Devontae. I guess yeah. it's Devontae. He's done a few this year. Yeah, that's that's who well, I would your, go with. Your, your putting... Warriors injury? Yeah. Okay. I, I think one game we risk it. Yeah. How about yeah. the the other part is who's going to be punting? Is there any is there any chance Sippus is going to be back? Yeah, or I think it. Uh, my, well, you're out there, Mike. What's your take? Yeah, I think it's going to be Kern, uh, uh, Brett no. Kern. Um, but it's po- I would say it is possible that Aaron Sippas will end up punting. Brett Kern was made available to us in the in the. Uh, uh, media sessions this week. Aaron Sipos, to my knowledge, was not. That's not a good sign. Maybe. And the Chiefs and the, the Chiefs punter is the best. The Chiefs punter is yeah, the best good. punter in the league. Townsend, yeah, well, yeah, fifty I, yard net. I, I will tell you, there'll be under five punts in the entire game. Yeah, but you know wow. what? And if you get in a situation where you're backed up, or you all take one shank punt and you give Patrick Mahomes a short field. If they lose the stinking Super Bowl because of Brett Kern, <laughs> that that one will never. That's like the name. That'll that never. Will, yeah. That's like going to be Michael Layton. You know, it's yeah. like the name Mike, we never forget. Is, here's a great Ray Dittinger-inspired poll. How about Mike Michelle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. didn't even have a kicker. Right. Right. Uh, okay, right. so, Ray, I need you to, to do the odds on this, okay? Okay. I need odds maker, Ray. Is this your bet? Yeah. You're tied, right? We are. Yes. Okay. So here's the deal. Okay. It's a point. It's seven to seven, and mm-hmm. this is it. And you get a point. Mike gets a point if... The punt returner muffs or fumbles a return, mm-hmm. or a kickoff return does not get to the 20. Right, okay. Mike? I got that yes. right. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. I get a point for any punt return over 20 or any kickoff return that goes past the 40. Well, I don't see either of those happening. Uh, so we share the dinner. Yeah. Well, now, I, Glenn, I, 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 well, I Kyle was, Quinn I, is sitting there knowing he wins either way. Glenn, I was operating under the presumption that if the stupid football bet ended in a tie, that Ray bought the both of us dinner. <laughs> you know what? Ray got that big retirement package. He could handle that. Oh, yeah, sure. 215-592-9494. What do you think, Ray? One more dinner at Ralph's? I could do that. On you? Uh, no, I can't do that. Darn. <laughs> a dinner right. at Ralph's I can do. The picking up the check. Oh, no. you freeloader, Raymond. I'd sneak that <laughs> That's in. my middle name. Hey, if this cold winter we've endured hasn't yet convinced you to replace your drafty and efficient windows and doors, the great people at Guided Door and Window can help by giving you one more month to do it at the best prices of the year. Now, if you haven't taken advantage of Guida's big winter sale, it's your last chance to do so. You receive 40% off every window and door. Yes, sir, 40% off each expertly installed energy-efficient replacement window. That also includes free high-performance low-E glass and 40% off any high-quality door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And you can buy now and pay later with Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans. Uh, Offer's going to expire at the end of February. Don't let this big final chance for savings pass you by. If your home needs new windows or doors, just call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Well, listen, you're giving them too much credit. It's Jeff Stoutland University. No, no, no. You're, you're that guy. <laughs> no, no. Coach. Coach Milano said that in the, in the thing. You know, that I, I'm just telling you, the players, are, it, the effort of the players equal results. And those guys, they believe in me. They trust me. And as you know, that's half the battle. Kelsey and Isaac are the two brains behind the out. Those two guys, they do so much up front to help the, the other guys uh, put them in good positions and stuff like that. So, 
Uh, just a great group. To, I mean, it's unbelievable to coach these guys. Well, that's Eagles offensive line coach and running coordinator Jeff Stoutland in a conversation with Mike Quick. And I want to talk here about the Eagles offensive line versus the Chiefs defensive line, which is going to be a huge deal. Mike, you wrote a terrific profile of Jeff Statlin over the last week, which doesn't just include the gem of him as a young young man charting plays with M&Ms, uh, <laughs> but really gets into who he is and why he's excellent. Um, and I will tell you that, again, I'm if I'm looking at advantages the Eagles have, Mike Sielski, one of them starts with their offensive line against the Chiefs' defensive line. Yeah, first, thank you, Glenn. And, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, everybody knows that, that Jeff Stadlin has become kind of a cult hero here in Philadelphia. It's not often that uh, in the middle of Super Bowl week you have – uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the ringer.com and Peter King all profiling a team's offensive line coach, <laughs> but it speaks to the guru that Statland is. And look, that has been, I think by far the, the best offensive line in the league this season. Uh, I think it is a huge advantage for the Eagles in this game. Uh, I would be surprised if, the Chiefs, de- Chiefs defense, even with Chris Jones along the defensive line, were able to kind of gum up the works for the Eagles offense. That's, that's I think, a big reason why if you feel good about the Eagles in this game, you should feel good about the Eagles, is that uh, that line just allows the engine of the offense to purr. Uh, and I-, I don't see how the Chiefs are, are going to be able to stop the Eagles offense in that regard. I think it's a matter of do the Eagles – keep from making mistakes do they not turn the ball over and that comes down to them more than it does the Chiefs right earlier in the week uh, Ross Tucker was saying that and I'll I'll see if you agree with this he said the Chiefs defensive line is good but it's shallow Uh, you know Chris Jones is the star he's the the potential game wrecker there he's the guy everybody knows yeah I know he's really good yeah okay but they they don't have depth uh, the way the Eagles' defensive line can go to Sue and Linville Joseph and just keep bringing guys in, Milton Williams, guys who are effective, that the Chiefs, their backups aren't good. So he said, expect the Eagles to be able to connect on big plays later as they wear down the Chiefs' defensive line by pounding, pounding, pounding. They don't have the bodies. Uh, I think that's true. Um, they have one. Um, they, they brought in Carlos Dunlop who's uh, been around. He's, 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 boy, he's older than Linville Joseph. Been around forever. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah I think he, they're about the same draft class, actually. Um, but they brought him in this year as a, as a depth player, so he'll get a few snaps. Uh, wh- one of their first-round draft picks this year was the George Karlaftis, uh, who is not a starter but, but rotates in at right defensive end. He gives them some depth. But they aren't as deep as the Eagles on the defensive line for sure. And the matchup of the Eagles' offensive line against almost any front seven has been won by the Eagles all year, and it was won again in the NFC Championship game against a far superior front seven in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I mean, that front seven is a lot stronger than this one, and the Eagles were able to win that battle. And, I, you know, that's, that's kind of the way I see this. One of the things that, that they really do, and it's, this is a credit to Stoutland, uh, and it's a a credit to Kelsey, too, who's really kind of the key to what happens in the interior of that line, is the Eagles are really good. Um, if a team has one outstanding defensive lineman of just neutralizing them, of just neutralizing And the Eagles did it. The Eagles did it against the Giants when Dexter Lawrence, who 
Yes. Who, who completely wrecked yeah. him. Huh. We completely, kept hearing, go into the weeds. Oh, Dexter Lawrence, he's going to be the difference maker. Well, he's going to make so. it happen. They, uh, well, if they you watched, stopped him. Yeah, if you watched the week week before when they played Minnesota, Dexter Lawrence Tom dominated that game. Uh, and he was practically invisible when they played the Eagles because the Eagles just took him out of the game. They kind of did the same thing with Nick Bosa. Uh, if a team has like one really one real defensive line stud, the Eagles are very good at just neutralizing that guy. And that's kind of the, t- the way the Chiefs come at you. I mean, Chris Jones is he is the disruptor. He's the main guy on there. And I think the Eagles will attack him the same way they did Lawrence and Bosa. And not that he's not going to make some plays, because he probably will, but he's not going to take over the game the way he has with other opponents. And, you know, that's the way this offensive line is. I mean, they are tackle to tackle. They are and have been all year the best offensive line in football. There are a good reason why the Eagles are in this game, and it's a good reason why they're favored to win this game. Mike mentioned uh, Jeff Stoutland becoming a cult figure, and, and I think it's true. And one of the moments that really clarified it to me was when Jordan Mailata is being introduced on national TV. I forget which game it was, but it was a national game. And it's everybody's, you know, this guy from Oklahoma State, blah, 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 Notre Dame. And he goes, Jordan Mailata, Jeff Stoutland University. (laughs) Jordan Mailata, Jeff Stoutland University. There you go. Don't know that my accent worked. Good job, Kyle. Yeah, that was was great. Glenn, I thought I was co-hosting the show with Russell Crowe for a minute there. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. Well, listen, I I, I think that offensive line tomorrow is going to be such a factor. Yeah. Anybody that was out and watching Eagles practice in Mylotta's first year and his second year, when he was being taught how to play American football for the first time, Jeff Stoutland was so tough on him. I mean, I mean, there were there were a lot of times on practice after practice when I've I really fully expected Jordan Mailata to go in the locker room, pack his bags, and say, I'm going home. You know, I, I, you know, I really don't have to put up with this. You know, I can go home and play my rugby and be a big star back there. I don't, I don't need to come out here for two hours every day and get yelled at by this guy. But um, that's, it was all of that. It was Stoutland's teaching and Mailata's willingness to accept that hard coaching that got him to where he is now, which is really one of the best left tackles in the yeah. league. But, boy, Stoutland was tough on him. And, oh, by boy. the way, one more game out of Lane Johnson. And then, pal, go get the surgery. Oh, you know, go to, to lie around for the rest. Go someplace <laughs> warm and lie on the beach. You and, know, Glenn, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, Ray referencing the manner in which, and you too, uh, that the Eagles have neutralized a single great player. I was watching the NFL Honors Show the other night, and they bring up Nick Bosa as the Defensive Player of the Year. And I <laughs> said to a couple of the writers I was with, I said, well, by this standard, Lane Johnson has to be the Offensive Player of the Year, right? Because yeah. he took the Defensive Player of the Year and turned him into just another guy. Yep, you got it. Jerry and Hatbro is with us. Hey, Jer. Good afternoon, Glenn. Good hey, afternoon, my friend. Nice to hear from you. Nice to hear from you. I, uh, you know, a few years ago, Glenn, in a post-Bacchanalia uh, wing bowl, you were kind enough to let me co-host the wrap-up show, and I predicted that the Eagles would win and it would change the psyche of this city. And I predict that it is not going to be a contest. One thing I've noticed about Patrick Holmes, when he gets whacked around, he's much less effective. And I think he's going to get whacked around. And I think when Andy's probably going to call, what, 55 passing plays, if not 60, he's not, he's predictable. We know what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah, 
Holmes can do some wacky things, but I think he's going to open himself up to get smacked around, and I think that's going to be the difference of the game. Well, Jerry, your lips to uh, Andy Reid's ears and Patrick Mahomes' uh, uh, body and all those things, and I think I don't like Patrick Mahomes' helmet. He looks like the Great Kazoo from the uh, Flintstone many years ago. <laughs> It's not far off. That's Jerry, a deep off. cut right there, Jerry. Yeah, Holy got, cow. Got to the nub of the issue, pal. Yeah, I hope that uh, you all enjoy the hell out of the game. And uh, you know what people say? They like a close game. They like a close game. I don't like a close game. No. My prediction is 31 to 13. Oh, that would bring us great comfort. Thanks, Jerry. Enjoy it. I Well, we'll make our predictions in the next hour. I don't think it's going to be a runaway Um I, I did. I heard people saying, like, you know what? It's more fun if it's close. I want it to be tense. I want a close game. Maybe the other team gets the lead for a while. But you remember, the Patriots briefly had the lead in, 50, lead in 52. Yes, they did. <laughs> I will be more than delighted if I sit down at 630 and the thing is 48 to 3. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking for drama. I'm not looking for tension. I'm looking for, you know, grease the poles, baby. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I you, think... yeah, I mean you got it all in Super Bowl 52. I mean, you got drama you got a, a game that went down to the final play literally and you won i mean that's the best of all possible worlds but to sit and watch it yeah i i'd like to have it in hand when fourth quarter starts especially when you're playing against the number one offense in football and the best quarterback uh- I would like to have it in hand just because I'm up against deadline, and I don't want to have to <laughs> it's the send the wrong curse. column in yes. because I've written two outcomes and I picked the wrong one. Uh, well, it's always the writer's curse is like, okay, one team is up by six, and then with a minute, it's like, okay, you're going to write this, a minute to go, uh, lead changes. You no, see nobody it. was happy in press with boxes. I've uh, seen it in baseball, like a ninth-inning home run, and everybody, it doesn't matter if it's the home team or the way they're like, Damn it! And they like start all over and mm-hmm. rip it up. And no, start the all the over. only person who was happier, uh, the only people who were happier that Brandon Graham sacked Tom Brady in Super Bowl Fifty Two was, you know, other than the Eagles, was me because right. I, the column I'd written it could hold up. What was your column that day? Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, as yeah, yeah. it turned out, um, because turned he had the, be the great first half and a guaranteed victory and and all of that. So yeah, became a villain, but he was a hero that night. Oh, he was great that day. 215-592-9494. Coming up, what are we looking at next? Oh, we're going to look at the Eagles secondary versus those Chiefs receivers, including Travis Kelsey. We'll get to deep dive into that one. Ray Dinger is here. Mike Sealski is in Arizona. I'm Glenn Mack now playing point guard and having the time of my life. Hey, for most business people, a meeting with their bank. Oh, before I read this, I'm sorry. Time out. I'll get to that in a second. Ray. Yes. You got a book signing. Oh, I do. Thanks I keep for, thinking I'm going to sneak it me. in, and I keep forgetting. Tell us. <laughs> thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I have a book signing today at the Barnes & Noble in Wilmington, uh, right there on Route 202, Concord Pike. Uh, and I will as soon as we wrap up here at 1 o'clock, I'll be heading out there. It starts at 3 and goes till 5. So if you want to come out, we're going to have... Want to talk some talk some Eagles, talk some Super Bowl, maybe have a little pep rally and sign a few books. So Sounds, come on out and see us. Runs a Noble, Wilmington, three o'clock. Terrific. Hey, for most business people, a meeting with their banker can be like a trip to the dentist. But talk to Meridian customers, you're going to hear a different story. Their business lenders come at things with a different point of view. It's your point of view, and that's what makes it great. And they bring a ton of useful guidance and advice. Mostly, they're a genuinely fun group, and I speak from personal experience. Look, the word is getting out. If you'd like to take the stress out of your business banking, Meridian is the go-to bank. That's meridianbanker.com.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.